whether or not we all realize it, those of us who serve the Lord are participating in the most epic adventure of all time, space, and history. I think it's about time that we start celebrating the miraculous and wonderful ways that God touches our lives in everyday circumstances. I'm Karen Pennington, and this is Daily Adventures in Grace. Hey, I'm Karen Pennington, and today I want to talk about something a little bit embarrassing to me. Uh, Childhood crushes. And the only reason I'm a little weird about this is that some of my childhood, most of my major childhood crushes are also Facebook friends. And so I really want to make sure I say this right, because if anyone is watching, maybe they don't know. (laughs) So... Basically, I've always been somebody who attached pretty quickly with my friendships or with my crushes. Or I think I was always sort of marriage-minded even before I needed to be marriage-minded. Other than a certain superstar when I was three years old, I can remember from like second grade on having a crush and just that being my crush and it lasting for years and years and years and I just know I'm supposed to be with this person because I'm eight and when you're eight you just know right I, I remember my first major crush I wrote him a, a love note at the end of I think third grade put I still remember 77 heart stickers on it and just kept saying I love you on it never done anything like that handed to him at the last day of third grade ran home And thank goodness, never saw him again. He moved that summer. I don't know what I would have done if I saw him in the fall. But And then there was another crush that came that summer, and it was like five years. Really sweet guy. Uh, Not interested in me because we were in elementary school, and who, what boy is interested in girls in elementary school? And I, I just thought he was really sweet, and I, I don't know that I was thinking marriage maybe at that point, but I just thought he was a sweet guy and he was nice to me and then I had another one and lasted all through high school that one I knew I was going to marry again not interested in me at that point I think I met somebody who thought he was supposed to get serious with me and didn't work out either and then there was another one for a year or two in college it just kept going I would have like interests very nice guys but I attached to him I I was like a nice idea of a person this would be a good concept and I was just very attached to the idea of being with somebody who was nice who was kind to me the Christians and almost every single other than that second to third grade one almost every other person either who thought they were supposed to be attached to me or I thought I was supposed to be attached to is on Facebook right now I hope I can say Facebook they're on social media with me and I'm looking at them and I look at my husband and I thank God because I see I had pretty good taste in guys and I'll just say I think guys had pretty good taste in me I think I'm a pretty nice person and I look at two or three guys that I knew had been very open with me about how they thought they were supposed to be with me and 
they're very happily married to the right person doing something that I wasn't called to do with the right person in a place that's not where I am with the right person. And it would have been more of a struggle if they were with me because they weren't meant to be with me. And I see the two or three major crushes of middle school, high school, and same thing. They're in different parts of the country. Uh, in most cases, I know who they married and just married these beautiful, wonderful women and they're supposed to be with them. I, I don't look at them with longing. I look at them with gratitude. I look at them with respect. And I know God had more in store for them, something better than me. And at the same time, God had something better in store for me than them. And that's not to devalue who they are. Um, it's to say that God's will for you is what's better and what's best. It's not always about the quality of the person you think you're with or you want to be with. It's about the fit. If something is perfect looking but it doesn't fit right, then it's not perfect for you. And I just see this and I, I'm grateful because I see it's not always about something being someone or something being good or bad. It's not always about, oh, thank heavens, that guy's a jerk or that girl, woo, she got messed up. I, it's about finding God's fit for you and, and God's inheritance for you and what's right. And I'm so glad I did pine over some of these people for quite a while. And I insisted this was right. But I was a lot of times in love with or attached to this idea of goodness. And then I, if I would have stuck to that, I wouldn't have gotten what God's best was for me, which is my husband. And I know it's God's best because I know it's God's will. And I wouldn't have found my heart's home. And I wouldn't have found this calling we have within our church, not where we live and what we do for a living. And all those things aren't always easy. We're not rich, but we're blessed. And we really, this is my heart's home. This is what God wants. This is an inheritance. And money aside, it is so much bigger than what I became attached to as a child. And God is so much bigger than my understanding of what I thought I needed. I had a couple things right. I had nice guy, kind to me, loves the Lord. And could have stuck with that, but then outside of God's will, I would have been yoked, yeah, you know, if these people even were interested in me, with somebody who was maybe attached to the things of God, but not going in the same direction where God was leading me. So I'm just really grateful to that, for that. And I think about the years that I wasted being attached to things because they seem like a good idea or because they seem comfortable. Or, and I, I don't know how many of you feel that way. Maybe not with a person. A lot of us have that person that got away or that person that we thought we were supposed to be with or maybe just not that person, maybe that job. You know, I knew, I knew, I knew I needed to live there. I knew I needed to have that job. We went through a situation with my husband where it was a particular career he really wanted and he almost got it, but we, I had just moved, I, I had just moved to prepare for somewhere we were going and then he was offered the job, but I had just accepted another job. So he had to let it down and it was like, he had to mourn this dream that just didn't pan out because of the timing. 
some reason this morning in my devotions I was thinking about that. I'm reading about the people of Israel. Just for some background, the people of Israel had some time spent, they, they had lived, Abraham had a promise that God had given him, I'm going to give you all this land, which became, you know, the nation of Israel. And a couple generations later, there was a famine. So they went down to Egypt and had favor in Egypt because of Joseph, because of Jacob's son, Joseph, and were able to live in the land of Goshen. But eventually, that place they lived in Goshen, ownership was taken from them. They, they lived there. It was sort of their home, had been for 400 years. But they lived there as slaves because people started, the pharaohs started getting scared of them. And so they're living there as slaves. And again, about 400 420, 400 something years later, 420 or 430, God delivers them from slavery. So that's good, right? Well, at first it seems good. There's miracles, there's plagues, there's the parting of the Red Sea. But immediately things got hard in this journey to God's best for them. Yeah, I can relate to that. (laughs) I have a dream. The dream is lost. Maybe their dream was let's be set free and live in our own land and own it. I, I would guess that was probably it, not let's wander around. And so this dream, they thought they had gotten it. They were moving forward, and then he immediately looked back and said, why didn't we stay there? Why didn't we stay in Goshen? This is obviously the place that was better for us. This was our home. This was our land. And they started to complain to Moses, and they started, instead of looking forward, to look back. And I think we're doing some of this This sounds familiar, too. They started rewriting history, this place of slavery, this place that was obviously not everything that God wanted for them. Part of their journey, but a past. They started acting like, oh, look it, we had stuff to eat. We were comfortable. Why would we be here? And because of their lack of faith and because of their hard-heartedness, it says from Mount Horeb, which was originally, you know, where they landed, real close to Egypt, to Kadesh Barnea, which was the edge of the promised land. That was an 11-day trip. So when they left Egypt to go to this back to this promised land, it was an 11-day trip. It took them 40 years to make an 11-day trip. And in case you want to fact-check me on this, Deuteronomy 1-2 is the one that says that that was an 11-day trip. It took them 40 years. So they're pining over this thing they don't have anymore that they didn't they knew even when they were there, they didn't really want it. and But all of a sudden, it's, oh, I knew I was supposed to be here. And 40 years later, not even them now, their kids, take over the land that they couldn't take care of over because they were pining over something that was not meant to be. You were not meant to be slaves in Goshen. And then within just a couple of years, not very long at all, months, maybe a year or two, not very long. Through Joshua, his leadership, they took over the entire land that they were supposed to take over. But here's the thing, part of the land that they took over, because it was such a great inheritance, was the land of Goshen. So This land of Goshen, they were pining over living in it as a tiny inheritance, as slaves. They were refusing to move forward because they were angry about losing 
their comfortable position, the thing they knew as slaves in a tiny part of something that someone else owned. 40 years later, when people finally cut it together, or really God's grace always, they took over that very land that they were slaves in as rulers, as conquerors, as leaders, and as a very tiny part of a much, much larger inheritance. It, yeah, let me get this straight. Genesis 4, 45 talks about them being in Goshen as slaves. Joshua eleven sixteen talks about all the areas that Joshua and his people took over. Goshen was one. Joshua 12, 24, they took over 31 other kingdoms. So they're pining over living somewhere that they don't own where they're enslaved in this tiny area. Oh my goodness, we lost this little thing. What's the thing we knew? When all along, God had 31 kingdoms in addition to Goshen that he wanted them to own. Sometimes we pine over this tiny little thing because it's all our mind can see. We pine over, in my case, I'm so sorry if I'm embarrassing you if you know who you are. We pine over that, that cute little kid that we see in school or we go to church with. and, and Oh, why doesn't he like me? We pine over the lost job. We pine over what somebody else has, but we really want. And in the meantime, because God's will is always what's best for us, we sometimes forfeit 31 kingdoms. We, God always wanted to give me someone who, who was kind. God always wanted to give me a husband. God always wanted to give me someone who loved him and someone that I could walk hand in hand with. God also wanted to give me someone that I had a calling with, someone that he called me to, someone who would challenge me in ways that only my husband could challenge me. And the husband, <laughs> the wives these other men have now, they're their greater inheritance. My husband is my greater inheritance. I don't know if this makes any sense. <laughs> it's not just about guys. It's not just about romance. I want to want God's will for my life. I don't want to be the person that keeps my head so stuck in what may have or might have or sh I think should have been the small little box that I'm keeping God in, that I ignore and avoid the blessings of him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than all we ask or imagine. Lord Jesus, sometimes our plans seem big, but in light of your grace, I, they're so small, they're so, so tiny. We serve you 
with an idea, with a framework of things we want sometimes. Help us to break out of our own understanding because we know, we know, we know that what you want to give us, as it says in Ephesians 1, is exceedingly and abundantly more than all we could ever ask or imagine. Lord Jesus, help our hearts to learn how to desire what you want for us because we know that when we ask according to your will and we're walking according to your will, that we can trust you to give us what we need and even place the right desires in our heart. And we can also expect amazing things beyond our imagination, beyond this life. It's a wonderful adventure. It's it's grace. Be blessed, my friends.